up, wake up, wake up. From Jerusalem, Israel, this is From the Midwest to the Middle East, the podcast that explores everything new in U.S. and Israeli economy. Here's your host, Philip Stein. I'm really pleased to be having this podcast today. First of all, this episode is brought to you by Philip Stein and Associates, the largest U.S. CPA firm in Israel, providing U.S. tax services to Israelis, Americans, corporations, startups, and anyone else needing them. I'm very excited today to have a guest who is going to help my listeners, I believe, manage their money. Today our guest is Tamara Harel Cohn. A recent Ola came to Israel four years ago, a Harvard graduate, originally from the UK, very involved with marketing, doing campaigns, and involved in impact investing. But today we're going to talk about a company that she's one of the founders called Rise Up. Uh, Welcome, Tamara. Hi, thank you very much for having me and for the kind introduction. <laughs> My pleasure, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to, to getting some tips from you and, and learning about your app. Uh, so let me go right into my first question. Whether you're young or old or newly married or someone starting retirement, cash flow is a key component of one's lifestyle. Can you tell our listeners how your app, Rise Up, can help? Absolutely. So... Um, As you said it, we all know that cash flow is king, you know, when it comes to the business world. Um, But not everyone knows that what's also cash flow is king when it comes to our private lives. Um, And essentially what we built at Rise Up, which is a profit with purpose company based out of Tel Aviv, um, is a cash flow management platform, which connects to all your bank accounts and credit cards. And essentially boils it all down to one very simple number, which is how much money do I have left to spend till the end of the month? How much money is safe for me to spend? And what we've seen is that the moment that people have that, you know, that number in the, um, we send it in WhatsApp, but once they have that number in mind, um, they're able to make good financial decisions and to make financial trade-offs in order to make ends meet. Because the bottom line is that if we are every month spending more than we're making, um, then, you know, we're getting into overdraft, we're taking loans and just having that um, sort of heartbeat um, and and uh, updating um, our customers on that heartbeat in an automatic way, um, we've seen has really really helped them to um, start to you know get on a new path to financial growth. So during normal times, one can certainly build or attempt to build a monthly budget or even a yearly one. But but during COVID nineteen, how how can the Rise Up app be put to use? Um, so they've been very challenging times, um, I think for everyone. Um, and we, at the very beginning of, um, you know, the COVID crisis, we sort of regrouped and said, okay, what can we do in order to help people, um, navigate the storm? And, um, there are a few things. First of all, you know, cash flow is still king, even though, um, you know, people might have, um, you know, their income's gotten hit or they, you know, or different kinds of financial implications, um, still maintaining control in a time of uncertainty is something that we've heard from a lot of customers of ours that um, is very helpful. So, you know, even if, for example, stories of families who uh, one or two of the um, of the parents have, you know, been furloughed or lost their job and still having the updates on your cash flow, having the, your financial heartbeat. And we also enable people to ask us questions. So we, our platform is in WhatsApp and they're able to um, write to us at any time and ask us you know, about different financial decisions. And one of the things in these sort of difficult times is that 
in general, the stress levels are very, very high. And when our stress levels are high and uncertainty is high, people generally make bad financial decisions. Mm -hmm. And everything that we're sort of trying to um, gear people towards is to, on the one hand, have the information necessary to make good financial decisions alone. So that can be your cash flow. Um, and in the moments where you have to make bigger financial decisions, then to have someone that you can consult with, someone who is objective and can look at your financial situation and give you good financial advice based on your personal situation. Um, and so that's really what we've been doing over the past few months. Uh, people have been asking us things, you know, from the Pesach was the first Pesach at home. So um, whether or not they could afford to buy, you know, new um, servingware for um, Passover because it's the first wow. time they're hosting it at home. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. big family change. Right. Um, to things like, can I take a loan? To, you know, should we take a loan to close our overdraft? How long is our money uh, cash flow runway essentially gonna um, gonna last? Um, and so we've been, um, you know, the team has sort of been amazing and, and very excited to be able to give good financial advice in a time of, of deep uncertainty and stress. So even though you're this app and, and you are on the WhatsApp platform, you're mm -hmm. saying there is the human input side. In other words, where your users, your members, uh, or subscribers can actually get human input here. Yeah, absolutely. So we believe in a hybrid model. Um, on the one hand, Technology can do a lot of the dirty work um, that you know usually people would do in terms in terms of writing down in their notebook or writing in an Excel spreadsheet everything that they're spending. Um, so that side, we do everything automatically, and um, and our technology platform does that amazingly. But we don't believe that technology is necessarily enough. You know, especially your financial decisions are very often connected to so many different aspects of your life and can be very, you know, emotional. Um, the experience often of a financial bot can be quite frustrating. And therefore, we have a hybrid model where you can also reach a person, uh, a human, um, who obviously has a lot of technology tools behind them um, in order to enable them to uh, answer and to serve a lot of customers in one go. And we really see that for those moments, even though it could be that, you know, the our customer experience team, you know, doesn't spend hours on each on each person because of all the tools that they have, but adding that human touch is something that we've seen to be very, very powerful. Israel's a young country with many young people. In fact, the average age is 30.2 years old. What, what are the most important financial decisions you found young people need to make? Mm. It's a great question. Um, so we're generally focused on, on young families. Um, so the age bracket that you mentioned is, is right there. And, you know, obviously it varies from person to person, but the Israeli culture is very um, overdraft driven and very loan driven. Um, a lot of people, um, by the time they get to their 30s, have, you know, have, uh, have debt. Um, that they don't know how to get out of. Mm -hmm. um, consulting with someone before you make financial decisions, understanding where you stand. I, I would say, in general, being aware that you have to manage your finances and that you don't necessarily need to have, you know, to be a CPA or a CFO in order to do that. There are um, tools that can help you do so today. But um, even just um, getting, you know, deciding that you're going to take the make the commitment to. Um, to take a look at your bank account and decide to take control is something that when we travel around the country and we talk to 
many communities of young people, it's something that is is almost a taboo subject. Hmm. Um, and so, sort of bring just bringing it up and saying let's let's talk about money and let's talk about where what our goals are and where we want to get to and and what things we can do in order um, to get there and not just talking about you know the the amazing holidays that we've been on and the money we spend in restaurants and I think a lot of the um, culture the spending culture of you know the last few years has um, sort of taken people to a point where they're far overextended in terms of the debt that they have and the overdraft that they have do you find again it's an app in fact you use whatsapp yeah do you find retirees or seniors are drawn to use your application as well? Um, I think that we're very relevant. We're very relevant to any sort of change in in your lifestyle. Um, so obviously, retiring, you have to use, you know go go from uh, you know go to a new reality and um, and make a sudden adjustment. Um, we haven't focused on on that you know, on that target audience, but we definitely do have customers who are sort of 60 plus and, and enjoy the, you know, enjoy our product, as you said, it's in WhatsApp. So after, um, you know, after the onboarding, really all they need to know how to do is to use WhatsApp, which everyone in Israel, even 60 plus knows how to do. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. That That's true. That is certainly a platform i think israelis whatever their age are very comfortable with now again your mm-hmm. company has started in israel with you say unique uh, demographics and and unique costs of living um is rise up easily transferable to other countries um i believe so i believe that it absolutely is um essentially we've we we've built a cash flow platform um and you know as we've said Cash flow is something that everyone needs to um, needs to manage, and it could be that you know in Israel people are using their overdraft, and in the U.S. Um, you know they're revolving on their credit. But I think that a lot of the trends that we see here are relevant um, to many different markets. Um, the reason that we have that we started out in Israel it's, is and that it's not a pilot for us is that we strongly believe that there can be a lot of innovation uh, in the Israeli market. That there um, um, haven't, you know, there hasn't been much innovation um, in terms of the banking and financial um, markets here. And um, you know, we when I moved here, it was like moving to, you know, the startup nation and the the expectations that I had of what that would look like, and then the reality of what it is, you know, to to live in Israel and the, you know, many of the different services that I used to use in the U.S. or in the U.K. aren't available here. And so building something for the Israeli market that will benefit the average Israeli and help them to, um, you know, to live a, a, a better and less financially stressful life was something that was really important to us. And that's the reason that we started in Israel. And, you know, once we feel like we have gotten to a critical mass of customers here, we'll start to look at different markets. Now, you mentioned before anyone who knows anything about the Israeli economy knows about the overdraft concept. You also mentioned about Israelis at a relatively young age having to deal with debt. What else have you learned about the microeconomic side of of the life of Israelis? Um, Well, first of all, there aren't many... um, platform there there aren't really any platforms available here in terms of you know in in the US or in Europe you have um you know it started kind of with mint and then you have all kinds of different personal financial management tools 
where in Israel, essentially, you, you only have the banks. So I think like in terms of people's daily lives and managing their finances, um, there's a gap here in the market. I think that there is a lot of emphasis on um, on consumerism in Israel. Um, one of the things that leads to the high levels of debt is that you're allowed to solicit loans here. So often there are, you know, billboards that show an amazing beach and it says one click, take a loan and you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the culture has gotten to a point where, you know, where you're, everyone is on holiday a few times a year and um, there's sort of a, some kind of competition between um, the amount that, um, you know, the things that you're able to purchase. And I think that that's one of the things that I have been, um, you know, quite um, shocked to sort of see and to get to know. Um, in addition, you know, it's it's hard here. We have been working with um, a lot with teachers, um, which you know is is similar also in in other pla- in other places in the world. A family where both of the parents are on teachers' salaries. Um, you know, and, and potentially just starting out, you know, young, a young family, um, it's, it can be very difficult to make ends meet. Um, and I think that that's something that um, it obviously differs in terms of geographic um, location, um, but is definitely, you know, part of the reality today. I think that once you step out of the sort of Tel Aviv high tech bubble, then the reality of making ends meet in Israel can, is quite difficult. Yeah, I've often heard the last years that uh, for young young Israelis, uh, let's call it post-army, the gap they perceive between their situation or where they expect to be earning and what would be needed to save in order to buy an apartment uh, seems so insurmountable that they basically choose this as you say one click or 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 get a you know buy a a plane ticket and go on a nice vacation because they feel well they can't save enough to get to that apartment so they might as well just enjoy enjoy themselves yes exactly and you know something that we hear a lot that you know when we we're traveling the country and, and talking to people is sort of the well it's not up to us, uh, you know. The sort of the the system is stacked against us. But also for people, you know, who are who are super, you know, who are doing their best and are really trying to to save money and to get those those goals. I think there's also a factor of of how much access they have to different financial um, different financial products that could essentially help them. Um, and that's really where we want to um, get to eventually. We believe that on top of the cash flow platform, we can build different kinds of financial products, growth products that can help people to, um, you know, to really catapult their growth from where they are at the moment. So, so if we had been having this conversation, let's say at the end of 2019 or the beginning of 2020, I think it would have been hard for us to imagine how volatile the stock markets have become, how high the unemployment has gone, and how uncertain a business environment is. I know you mentioned before about your hybrid model, but in terms of your the subscriptions and, and what people are turning to you for, how has RiseUp adapted? Yeah, um, well, we, first of all, we opened our um, service for free, mm-hmm. so our subscription um, we've been given since um, March and until at least the end of August for free. Um, so anyone that, you know, has um, gotten to, into a rough patch or, or just wants to get, you know, control over the situation, 
um, is welcome to sign up um, and, you know, no strings attached. And we have been really working, you know, we have a full team that is working to help people who were affected by the corona crisis um, in terms of, you know, their, um, usually in terms of their income um, in order to give them value. And so, you know, a lot of the time it's individual things, um, but we've been reaching out to customers, asking them if, um, you know, if we, how we can help, if we can help to adjust their cash flow, um, help them make financial decisions. Um, and we've been, um, I believe that we've been able to um, help some people through this. That, that's fantastic. So my last question, I'll, I'll go from uh, the business side to the personal side. Based on your accent, you're, you're not a native Israeli. Um, <laughs> according to your bio, I think you moved to Israel about four years ago, made Aliyah. What brought you to settle in Israel? Yeah, yeah, I grew up in London. <laughs> my my mom is Israeli, oh, okay. um, and so I always I always came here. Um, and um, you know, my grandparents lived here, and I came to visit my parents who had moved here. And I was living in Los Angeles at the time, and I suddenly was I was um, exposed to the world of startups and technology, and you know, the fast paced and super exciting and challenging um, um, market here. And it wasn't something that I had been exposed to before. And I had already decided that I was going to found something in the profit with purpose space. Um, and things sort of just aligned. And I kind of came to the realization that um, it would be sort of the right, the, the right thing for me to do if I was going to build something like that would be to um, build it in Israel. Also from a also from a Zionist perspective. Also from you know being close to my family, um, and uh, that was four and a half years ago. And 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 then I met my partners, um, Yuval and Iftach and Hanan, and together we founded Rise Up. Great, great story, great company, and I think especially <laughs> in these times, uh, you're really. Uh, as you say, profit with a purpose. I think you're you're helping a lot of people, and that's that's a great thing. If people want to sign up or subscribe, as you mentioned before, right for the moment, it's free. Or know more about Rise Up. How, how would they find out? Um, Riseup.co.il. Um, at the moment, everything is in Hebrew, but um, and also on Facebook at Rise Up Israel. Okay, fantastic. Thank you very, very much. And we wish you very well. And we wish for quieter times um, when people can go back to, uh, as I said at the beginning, planning a nice monthly budget without uh, a lot of volatility. But thank you again for taking the time today. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Feel free to visit us at www.pstein.com or look for Philip Stein and Associates on Facebook and LinkedIn.